You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Zimcock, your host. Uh, a lot of ground to cover today. I'm hoping to hit basketball, football, baseball, and men's tennis as there's some exciting news. Uh, from the TCU men's tennis team, but we'll start with TCU basketball. And unfortunately, um, another negative result as they went on the road and played Baylor on Saturday. And uh, the Frogs fell again. It's their third straight loss. Final score was 72-62. to The game was really never that close, honestly. They trailed by 10 points at halftime, 33-23. Baylor controlled uh, the tempo of the game really from the jump. They were leading after halftime and mostly in the second half by, you know, between 14 and 20 points. TCU made a run late in that game to make the score more respectable. But aside from Micah Peavy coming off the bench and going on a little mini run himself scoring-wise, there were, I think, two instances in that game where TCU cut it to a two-point lead and it looked like they might have a chance to get back in it. But honestly, they couldn't do it. And this loss in itself, I mean, Baylor's the number seven team in the country. It's on the road. Like, it's a tough game. I get it. But uh, the Bears were shorthanded. Um, Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer, and Jonathan Chamachachua were all out. Now, Jonathan Chamachachua, their big postman, he's got what appears to be an ACL injury. He had to have surgery. So he, you knew he was going to be out. LJ Cryer played um, in their game against, I think it was Texas Tech on Saturday. So I thought he would play, didn't play. Adam Flagler didn't play either. I mean, that's three big, you know, contributors. They were essentially down to a six-man rotation. So it was an opportunity for TCU, but it was an opportunity they couldn't take advantage of. Um, They turned the ball over again, just over and over again to start the game. Uh, For Baylor, Jeremy Sochan had 17 points off the bench. Uh, Matt Meyer had 16 points. Kendall Brown had 13 points. Pretty balanced effort. Uh, on TCU's side, I mean, Manuel Miller had 16 points. He continues to be an efficient scorer for them. Uh, he was 8 of 14 from the field, doing most of his damage on the offensive glass. Uh, Mike Miles had 13 points. He looked a little more comfortable with 6 of 17 from the field. Eddie Lampkin went down with a knee injury in the middle of the game, but he came back and actually played a little bit. It was a scary injury, but he got some more minutes. So um, you hope that he can play against West Virginia. Bottom line is Monday night against West Virginia, which is tonight, um, in Fort Worth, this is a must win. Like you've blown some opportunities. You still have a chance if you can find a way to win tonight. If you lose tonight, your tournament hopes are basically done and they've lost three straight. Um, it really feels, you know, like I understand that this team has dealt with injuries, injuries that happened before the season with Shadow Wells and Maxwell Evans. Um, and miles has been banged up, but like, this has been the case all year long. So I don't really get why the last month or so, it's turned into this huge problem. Now, they've always turned the ball over, but not consistently at this rate. The offense just looks discombobbled. I mean, they, they don't really seem to have um, identity right now. I think they're still playing with energy and effort, but it's just it, it's too many easy buckets on the defensive end of the floor and on offense. It's not getting quality looks. So um, got to find a way to win tonight, and we'll see if they can do that. If they can't, then this thing could spiral out of control in a hurry because you got a, a tough, tough schedule. You know, as we've said many times down the stretch here, right now as it stands in Joe Lenardi's bracketology, which he's the bracketologist for ESPN, um, TCU is sitting on the last four buys lines. That means they're in the field and they're not, you know, they're not in the play-in games, but they're right at the cusp there. And 
And, you know, a couple weeks ago, or even as, as early as a week ago, they were sitting as an eight or a nine seed in most projections. Now, I don't know what CBS is saying. I don't know what some other prognosticators are saying. But you're, you're watching this team start to slip as they continue to mount up losses. So you need to beat West Virginia at home um, and then hopefully beat West Virginia on the road, maybe steal one more game. But this is becoming uh, more and more dire because the losses themselves aren't bad, but as they just pile up, uh, your resume starts to look worse and worse. And this team does not have a good non-conference resume to lean back on. Some of the you know the better teams they beat are the teams that were the best on their schedule that they beat Texas A&M and Georgetown. They've really struggled. Um, there's not a lot to hang your hat on in that regard. So TCU basketball trying to right the ship tonight as they take on West Virginia. That game's on at 7 p.m. It's a must win. Um, if they're going to get it done, they got to find a way to, to get it done this evening. And we'll see if they can do that. I hope they can do that. I'd like to see this team rewarded with a tournament berth because I do think they've played like a team that could make some noise in the field of 64 or 68. Um, but right now it, it doesn't look super promising. And again, I mean, losing to Baylor, not a bad loss, but a team that was shorthanded, you were hoping maybe they could find a way to steal one and they couldn't do it. The one positive though, I will say, and I mentioned it briefly, Micah Peavy looks more assertive on offense lately. Like he's getting to the bucket. He's scoring a little bit that way. He scored on some offensive rebounds. Um, if that continues, that's a big positive because they need guards that can score. And he's been a great defender all year long, but that part of his game has been missing. So we'll see if maybe he can do that against West Virginia on Saturday. Okay, weird story on, in football that I want to touch on briefly. So Landon Watson, he is a defensive end at TCU, and he has he's only played in one game. He was a true freshman last year, um, but he was a highly rated recruit. Um, he had 30 offers. Um, he was the number 75 overall player in the state of Texas, and he played at Hutto. And he's been a very vocal recruiter for TCU. Like, he's been very pro-TCU on social media. He's been actively trying to get other talented guys to come play in Fort Worth. Um, so it's just somebody that's become a fan favorite because of how much joy and passion he showed for the Frogs since he got here. And late last week, there was a report that he was going to enter the transfer portal, which was really surprising and kind of came out of nowhere. Now, he ended up changing his mind, and he's not going in the transfer portal at this time. You know, we'll see what his decision ends up being. The reason I bring it up, um, you know, we saw O'Shawn Mathis leave. We saw Kyrie Coleman leave. We saw Watson flirt with leaving. I don't really know what's going on with the defensive line. My, my guess is this new scheme, this 3-3-5, you know, three-down lineman set is, is kind of messing with these guys and how they envision themselves being productive in a new defense. Um, and, and when you have a coaching change, like this is just part of the deal. You're going to lose players. Uh, TCU had such stability for so long at, at head coach that I think this has been a shock to the system for TCU fans seeing, you know, player after player potentially say, hey, I might move on. So I think it's big they're able to hold on to Watson. I will just say this. Get ready because we're going to see more guys leave. And, and part of it will be playing time. Part of it will be maybe not jiving with the new coaching staff, not liking the new offseason program. I mean, there's a lot of reasons as to why someone might hit the portal. But I think this roster is going to see more turnover as the offseason goes along. But it seems significant that they're able to get Watson back in the fold. And hopefully they can continue um, to pump him up as the offseason goes on when we come back tcu baseball they kicked off their season this weekend we'll discuss that in tcu men's tennis they have a big match tomorrow we'll get into all that next
All right, segment two of Locked On Horn Frogs. So I want to talk some TCU baseball. Their season got underway on Friday night, and they played three games this weekend at uh, MLB tournament in Scottsdale. They took on San Diego State in game one, won that game on Friday, fell the cow on Saturday, and then came back today and beat Houston pretty handily on Sunday afternoon. So two and one is where your Horn Frogs stand as they go into a couple midweek contests against, I believe, Stephen F. Austin and UTSA on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then they play Nebraska at Globe Life Field this coming weekend. Uh, but let's break down what happened. So Friday night, they take down San Diego State. Um, Austin Grove was really good. You know, wasn't as efficient as you would like him to be. And that's one thing that I would say Austin struggled with as the year went on last year. Uh, you know, he's a strikeout pitcher, right? He likes to use that slider. There's going to be a lot of swings and misses when he's on the mound. But he only went four innings on Friday night. I would imagine, you know, all these guys are going to get more stretched out as the season goes on. Uh, but, you know, put some guys on base, walked a few batters, struggled at times, but ultimately didn't give up any runs. Um, and the offense, they scored in the first inning. It took a little while to get going, and they actually blew the lead uh, later in the game. Um, TCU did that. Is they're up two nothing. They fell behind three two. Um, San Diego State put up a three spot in the sixth inning, and that was partly, you know, some some rough pitching, and then partly some errors by the defense, which is something that we unfortunately saw a lot last year. But then in the ninth, um, came up to the top of the ninth, down three two. Looked like okay, you might drop your opener here, which is not ideal. Uh, but the bottom of the lineup turned it turned the lineup over. And then Elijah Nunez was able to get on base. They had first and second with nobody out. Luke Boyers popped out. But the star of the weekend, Braden Saylor, who's coming off a great freshman year, he rips a double on a 3-2 count in the corner, um, scoring a run to tie it. And then David Bishop, true freshman, who played in all three games and was also fantastic at the plate this weekend, he knocked one up the middle uh, that scored another run. TCU would tack on one more. River Ridings came on and closed it out, and they end up winning the game. Five to three, so an impressive victory by TCU on Friday. On Saturday, uh, they jumped out to a four nothing lead against Cal. And the big positive Saturday was that Riley Cornelio, he made his you know first start in a weekend situation like this, and he was great. He went five and a third innings, allowed two runs on three hits, walked two and struck out five. Got into a little bit of trouble in those later innings, but really the first three innings, he was absolutely lights out. Um, you saw the talent. You saw that fastball in the mid-90s. Uh, now, the the unfortunate part was Caleb Bolden and Tommy Vale, uh, two transfers, Bolden from Arkansas and Vale from Notre Dame, came in the game. And similar to Friday night, the bullpen just slowly started kind of leaking that lead. It got to 4-2, to two, and then um, Cal put up a huge number in the bottom of the eighth inning, put up four runs to take a 6-2 to two lead. You know, there was a base hit, there were some walks, there was a wild pitch. Just about everything that could go wrong went wrong in that one. But TCU actually rallied in the ninth and tied it at six. Braden Taylor again with a big base hit. You know, they were able to work the count, get on base, tie the game at six. And then um, in the next half inning in the bottom of the ninth, Cal walks it off after a one-out triple. Uh, a wild pitch score to run, and they end up winning that game 7-6. And then on Sunday, today, uh, or you're listening to this on Monday, so I guess yesterday for you guys, I'm recording it on Sunday night. The Frogs were able to come back and bounce back and get a victory, 10-0 victory 
over Houston. Offense looked great. And the star of the show was Brett Walker, the Oregon transfer who started the game on the mound. Um, he was outstanding. Went six and two-thirds shutout innings. Had seven hits that he scattered. Um, forced two double plays and double plays in big situations, too. And they were able to keep Houston off the board. TCU used a four runs in the eighth inning to run rule the Cougars on Sunday afternoon. So the Frogs end up 2-1, and one, and I think the positives from this weekend, um, one, the starting pitching. I mean, really, Krobe and Cornelio and Walker were great. The only complaint you would have is everybody going a little bit longer in the game. Walker, I think, was fine. You know, you like to see Krobe last longer. Same for Cornelio. I think some of that will be taking care of itself as the year goes on. These guys kind of get more use to pitching in games. And Kirk Sarlis is more comfortable using them. Um, bullpen was not as good as I would expect. Now, Marcelo Perez and River Ridings and Garrett Wright, who came in today, Marcelo made two appearances on Friday and Sunday. River Ridings made an appearance on Friday. Those guys were lights out. And, I mean, I think those are the three names that you're going to hear the most coming out of the bullpen this season. Now, some of those ancillary players, uh, Caleb Bolden, Tommy Vales, Luke Savage, they were shaky. Uh, Augie uh, Milbauer, he seemed pretty solid when he came in the game. But I think the the front of this bullpen is pretty deep, and I just mean like kind of the top three arms. Past that, it gets a little thinner, um, and that's just something they're going to have to figure out here. Offensively positive and negative, I mean positive-wise, Braden Taylor was fantastic. Same for David Bishop. Uh, Tommy Sacco had some big hits, and he's coming off a really rough year at the plate. Uh, negative, and Elijah Nunez and Luke Boers did a good job of getting on base. You know, Nunez wasn't always just stroking hits everywhere, but he worked a few walks like he always does. Negatively, I mean, it's three games. You know, Porter Brown struggled, and he played Friday, Saturday. He was off on Sunday. Bottom of the lineup um, had some issues. They struggled with runners in scoring position, left a lot of guys on. But overall, pretty solid start for TC baseball. You know, blowing that game against Cal is unfortunate. Could have easily come out with a 3-0 record if you find a way to hold on in that one. But, you know, that, that's part of the deal. You're going to see that early in the season as you're sort of learning the roles of your bullpen and how people are going to uh, perform in high leverage situations. But overall, I think it was a good start to the Kirk Sarlouis era. era. Excuse me. Okay, I'll quickly let you know this. Um, tomorrow or Monday, TCU Men's Tennis is going to play for a national title. They are at the... Uh, ITA Indoor National Championships, and they took down number one Ohio State on um, Sunday afternoon, four to three to advance to the finals. So they will take on Tennessee, who defeated Baylor in the semifinals on Sunday as well, at 2 p.m. on Monday with a chance to win a national title. So good luck to TCU Men's Tennis. Good luck to David Roditi and that crew as they try to bring it home. Hope they'll do that. I'll give you an update on that on Tuesday, uh, and I will also give you an update on CC Basketball. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.